we're going to uh, look at the 11th step. We spent quite a bit of time on pages 84 to uh, 86. Um, <clears throat> I don't think you can spend enough page time on these pages. I think uh, if every meeting was devoted to just uh, one or two sentences or one paragraph of these uh, pages, that would be that would be enough. This is how we live in reality and in the now. These are the instructions in this book on how I stay connected, conscious contact with God. And when I have that, I have access to a power to live. And I live in reality. And I don't live in fear and resentment. And, and if I live in reality in the now with God directing me, then I don't have shame and guilt because I'm not going to do the things I used to do. And the, uh, we're going to look at 86 to 88. And uh, the next week, I found some uh, really powerful stuff, uh, two or three uh, short things that I'm going to have uh, Patty copy that, on how they came to look at the relationship between man and God in prayer and that, how they put it in the big book. So if you could join us next Saturday, we'll finish up. Um, I've realized the more I've been studying this and seeking God myself, and uh, I had the budget crisis on Tuesday that Mark relieved me of. I'm retired now, so. Um, and it wasn't bad, but it's another one of those irrational fears that aren't in the now. And it caused me to seek God some more, and it helped me look at my life and how much time I wasted in fears that weren't, weren't real, things that weren't real. Uh, they appeared real and how um, when I seek God, he puts things in my life that uh, answer those, uh, those questions in my mind. And um, one of the things about 86 to 88 is that this is actually written to get guidance from God. What I'm actually seeking is, is uh, two things in 84 to 88. What I'm seeking is the I want to fulfill the contract on the third step that's written in 63, on page 63, after uh, it tells me that selfishness, self-centeredness is the root of my problems. They tell me the how and why of the solution is I have to stop playing God. Anybody think that's a good idea? Yeah. It, it doesn't work. And then it says, if I take this position, I have a new employer. So I don't work for anyone but God. And it says, being all-powerful, and here's the contract that we make with God. He will provide what I need. Think about that. We keep close to him, and if I keep close to him and perform his work well. So my job is to keep close to God and perform his work well, and he will provide everything I need. Now, a lot of people read this and say, okay, I'm going to get the new car. Good. Get a bigger house. Need is what I need spiritually to deal with life. And the strength and the power to deal with life and to practice the serenity prayer. And if I keep close to him and perform his work well, now how do I keep close to him? I do steps four through nine to get close to him. And how I stay close to him is on pages 84, 88 instructions. And it tells me uh, how, I, how, how to perform his work well at specific instructions. And then I realized that the other thing 
that 8488 do is on page 100. You see, if I'm going to get guidance from God and get everything I need, I have to prepare myself to receive it. And steps four through nine is how I prepare myself to receive God's guidance. And then how I do his work well, how I continue to receive it. And on page 100, I've read this paragraph a lot. I've memorized it. It says, both me and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. That's what we're trying to do. And we walk day by day together, hand in hand. Nobody's in front of anybody else. We're all on the path together. If I persist, remarkable things will happen. Well, Scott just uh, told us that today. I remember when he came in and the look on his face and look at him today, it's like a new man. It says, when I look back, I realize the things that came to me when I put myself in God's hands were better than anything I could have planned. Does anybody think that's true? Yes. And then here's the thing that I realize. If, if I'm going to put myself in God's hands, how do I do that? How do I put myself in God's hands? Do I just ask or do I take actions? How do I do that? And prepare myself so that God can guide me. See, I see 86 to 88 a little bit differently today than I have before. It's, a, it's how I prepare myself to get the guidance of God and then his leading and his direction. And, and I have to prepare myself through prayer meditation and then practice inventory on page uh, in the 10th step. Follow the dictates of a higher power and I will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter my present circumstances. So I'll get everything I need if I follow the dictates. Now, I can't follow the dictates of a higher power if I'm not prepared to receive them. <laughs> and then the new and wonderful world means I'll get everything I need no matter what the circumstances are. And um, so getting back to page 86, well, the bottom of 85, excuse me, says we suggest prayer meditation. We should, I always remember when I was listening to this talk, the guy says uh, he gave this talk and the, the lady raised her hand when, you know, when she gets the medication. Uh, we shouldn't be shy in this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if I have the proper attitude and work at it. And the proper attitude is that am I the humility to seek the guidance of God. And knowing that he is all-powerful and he will provide what I need and not, not praying to get things for me or guidance from God to assist me in getting what I want, but true humility of to seek God's will and direction and power in my life. Now, the first paragraph, we went over that on page 86 a few weeks ago, and this is actually the same as the paragraph on page 84 uh, and it says this thought brings us to step 10. And this paragraph tells me how to live every day and practice God's will and receive his guidance. And then it says at night, I'm going to look at how well I did that. And it says I'm going to review my day and I'm going to look and see if I was resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid. Do I owe an apology? Have I kept something to myself? Was I kind and loving towards all? In other words, how did I do? How did I do during the day with God? Did I stay close to him and do his work well, or did I 
did I drift off into the re reality of my ego versus the reality of God? And then it says, what could I have done better? So I'm asking for guidance from God. Uh, was I thinking of myself at a time or a thinking of others? And it says, after making my review, I asked God, remember, ask God is a petition, a prayer from faith that we expect God to answer and inquire. Now, inquire means to question, to ask, to petition what corrective measures should be taken. So this is a form of asking for God's forgiveness and guidance at night. And why does it start the 11th step with night? Why does it start with the day? You hear a lot of people say, well, if I start my day with prayers, it's a good day, and if I don't, I don't. But I really think, and I heard the speaker, he made the point, that you have to start with your nightly review. Your nightly review carries you through to the morning and the rest of the day. And the Bible, I believe, I, I'm not a spiritual expert, but I think the day starts at night in the evening. Sabbath is, uh, is at 6 p.m. or when sun sets. So this is why they started at night. And we ask God's forgiveness for what we did during the day. And we start out, and if we do this and inquire what corrective measures, when we wake up in the morning, we should have cleared our mind of a lot of the stuff that we carried around from the day before. And so that's why the 11th step, the inventory is looking at nighttime. And I do it every night. I do it better some days than others. And I find that the longer I've been doing this, I have a lot, a lot less of stuff that uh, that I, bothers me or I've, that I need forgiveness. And I, and I can see how I was able to use the steps to kind of keep on the beam so I didn't get too far off into my inner reality. My ego is my reality that's not true. Think about that. It's, it's seeing things that aren't true and believing them and acting on them. And so then it says on awakening, on awakening, it says, I want to think about the 24 hours today. I consider my plans for the day. Now, notice I'm considering my plans for the day. Now, why don't they say before we begin, why do they say I consider my plans for the day and then say before I begin? Because I don't want it to be my plans for the day. I want it to be the plans for the day with God directing my thinking. So before I, I make them, I ask God to direct my thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So this is a petition where I'm asking God to guide me through the day. Lead me, God. And, and lead me, and how do I prepare myself to be led by God and guided by God? I don't want my thinking to be in self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So I'm asking from the beginning of the day, and I do this prayer every morning before I get out of bed, as soon as I wake up and I stop thinking about myself. Sometimes it takes longer than others. You, you all understand. I say the prayer. I don't want to be back in the self-pity, self-seeking, dishonest motives because then I won't be doing God's will. And he can't direct my thinking when I'm back in self. And so I'm asking him to direct my thinking and divorce it from that so that I can get God's guidance. I want to stay in the now with God. I want to be in the moment. That's where I have power to be at peace. It says, under these conditions, the conditions where my thinking is divorced from self-pity, dishonest or self-seeking motives, now here I can use my mind. So this is where I get my will back on page 85 
the proper use of the will is when it's it's directed to God's will and serving God. Now, on page 86, I've done a lot of work. I get my mind back to use. I don't want to use my mind when it's separated from God. I don't want to use my thinking that got me here. I don't want to rely on that. That's not an intuitive thing that I want to rely on anymore because it got me here, my self-centered thinking. So now, if my thinking's divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives, God can direct me, and under that condition, I can employ my mental factories with assurance. For after all, God gave us planes to use, brains to use. So this is a powerful meditation, and I do this every morning. I think about this. And it says, my thought life, my thought life, not my life, but my thought life, will be placed on a much higher plane. We're interested in our thought life in AA because my thought life determines my actions in my real life. And if my thought life is centered on God and love, my life will be God-based and God-centered. The result will be better. When it was, re when it was on self-centered and self-will, look at the result. So AA is a constant, the theme of AA, uh, the book, the program, is to stay in the now away from self-centered thinking and rely on thinking that's God-centered. And what we do is we don't, we have to stop being self-centered thought and get back to God thought. Now here's a, and Richard likes this slide, my thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when my thinking is cleared of wrong motives. So the life that I have in my mind, which causes my actions and the result of my day, when it's cleared of wrong motives, it's gonna be, it's gonna be connected to God. And when it's in Michael, it's gonna be a mess. And, and the thing is that we go from one to the other all day long, don't we? So then we use page 84, that paragraph, when we, when we separate to get back to God and out of our thinking that's not God-centered. Now here's, an, here's another powerful paragraph. I do this every day. In thinking about my day, I'm going to think about my day. I'm asking for God's direction and leadership. I ask him that when I face indecision, I may not be able to determine which course to take. Now, I don't know about you, but before I, I started working the steps, I never had indecision. I always knew it was right, and I acted on it, and I believed it, and I made a lot of mistakes. Now I welcome indecision, and I have people call me. They, uh, they're in a thing. I said, well, did you ask God? Did you ask God what's going on, what to do? Did you pause? Did you wait? So in, I, in thinking about my day, I, I can face indecision, and it's okay. And I may not be able to determine which course to take. Now, here's a powerful prayer, and it's, it's constant. Ask God, ask God, ask God. It's throughout these four pages. I ask God for inspiration. He's going to inspire me, an intuitive thought or a decision. So I'm asking in this prayer, and I do it every morning, I ask God for the day, give me inspiration, intuitive thought, or the right decision based on your will. Powerful stuff. Inspiration, intuitive thought. These thoughts just come true. If we relax and take it easy, we don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. And I'm sure people can speak to that when we open up how, how things come, these thoughts come. They just come. And when we're prepared to have God lead us, these thoughts are God-centered from God, and they're the right actions. 
and it says what used to be the hunter occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it's not probably we're going to be inspired at all times. Well, we can be inspired, but it may be self-centered. And then we look at the result. Then at night, we review that and see what happened, right? And so uh, we're, we're, we made conscious contact when the promise has come true and we're in the fellowship of the Spirit. We have a relationship with God now. Now we want to we want to continue it and improve it, right? It says sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact, and to uh, have knowledge of God's will and the power to carry that out. And I can't have knowledge for God's will unless I'm prepared to let him, let me receive it. And it says, nevertheless, we we may do absurd actions and ideas. Anybody do that? Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, we, that's why having a sponsor, somebody you can talk to is very good when you get an inspired thought. You might want to share it. Um, uh, I had somebody who wanted to write a letter, and I said, great, don't mail it. <laughs> Let's read it first. You see, and it helps, it really helps to have somebody that you can trust, that you can go to, and just, just share it, and they can, even if they don't say anything, just telling them gets it out there, and you can, you can see, well, maybe I don't want to do that. But it nevertheless, and here's a promise, that my thinking will, as time passes, be more and more in the plane of inspiration, and I come to rely upon it. And I don't know about you, but I thought about it, uh, studying for this uh, meeting. I do rely on it. I, I ask God constantly to give me direction, to guide me, to lead me, to get me out of self, to help me. And, and you'd be surprised at the thoughts that come into your minds, that, and solutions to problems you would have never thought before. And then it says, here's the other, uh, there are only like four instructions. I conclude this period of meditation because I'm going to meditate on this. I say a prayer that I be shown all through the day what my next step is to be. That we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. Now, I always thought the next right action sounded great. Anybody heard that before? I just do the next right thing. Everybody think that? Well, that's great as long as it's God directing me. You see, if I'm doing the next right thing and it's Michael's idea and it's based on selfish motives, it may not be the right thing. And that's why the next right thing, sometimes it says we discuss it with someone immediately. Remember on page 84, we turn our thoughts to others we can help. We turn away from self. So I, I'm, I'm constantly... Uh, trying to make sure that God's guiding my thinking. And I can tell when I'm getting back into Michael because I'm getting a little anxious or a little bothered or a little worried that I'd be given whatever I need to take care of such problems. So this is improving my conscious contact with God and getting knowledge of his will for me. I ask especially for freedom from self-will. Does people, anybody here do the third step prayer every morning? Well, that's the, that's the prayer to relieve me from the bondage of self. I'm careful to make no requests for myself only. I may ask for myself, however, if others will be helped. I heard somebody say they wanted a new car so they could drive more people to the meetings. I'm not sure that's the intent of this, but, uh, but it's similar. It says, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish needs. And that's, uh, see, once again, we're turning our thoughts away from self to God. Self to God, that's a whole A program. Go, turn away from me 
to others, turn away to service, turn away from self-centers, turn to God. It says, if circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. <coughs> if we belong to a religious domination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers, which emphasize the principles we've been discussing. There are also many helpful books also. Suggestions may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. We are quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what they offer. Now, prayer meditation in this uh, program is an individual thing. And a lot of people have their, their, the way they do it, they, have, uh, they rely on it, they seek certain devotional books and readings. It's up to you. Whatever makes you closer to prepare yourself to receive God's guidance. I've been, uh, I've been studying the 23rd Psalm lately. It really is powerful. It really, to me, speaks to me of my relationship with God. And um, um, there, I, I also read Oswald Chambers, the utmost to the highest. And um, I have the uh, St. Francis prayer that I read and look and study and meditate on every day. For me, that works. As we, and then I have uh, buddies in AA are always sending me religious uh, scriptures for the day, devotionals, and I read those too. And that's how God talks to people through other people. Now here's a powerful last two paragraphs. I guess it's four if you count one line as a paragraph. This is my instructions on what I'm supposed to do through the day. This is the instructions on how I live the day with God guiding me. It says, as I go through the day, I pause. When agitated or doubtful, agitation is an emotional, I'm in emotional turmoil or doubtful or I'm in intellectual turmoil or bothered. I pause. And as I go through the day, to be able to pause when I'm either bothered emotionally or intellectually is a gift from God that when I'm not centered with God, I won't pause and I'll just live in the agitation or doubt. But the ability to pause is when you're connected to your higher power that you can see it and you can stop and you say, I need to pause right now. So that's a conscious contact with God for me that I know when I need to pause. And I pause and I ask God for the right thought or action. Pause and ask. So that works for me. I don't know about you, and you'll speak, we'll open it up. But when I pause and I ask, things are always better than when I don't pause and I do. I constantly remind myself, this is a constant thing that we're supposed to keep in our minds, that I no longer run the show. Well, just the pausing and asking God means I'm reminding myself I'm not in charge here. I don't need to be in charge. I need direction and guidance. Say, humbly saying, humbly, humility, I need the power in myself, thy will be done. Then here are the promises. I'm in much less danger. Now look at the word danger. It's dangerous for me to be excited. Danger is not a good thing. I'm in danger of what? Getting back out of reality into me, self, doing harmful things, and then drinking. And I don't want to be in danger, so I'm in less danger of excitement. Fear is dangerous. Anger is dangerous. Worry, which is a form of fear, is dangerous. 
Self-pity is dangerous and foolish decisions lead to dangerous results. So I'm in much less danger if I pause and I ask for God's direction and got the right action and I remind myself I'm not running the show. It says I become more efficient. And then you know how you did that at night when you do your review. You could see, did I pause? If I had any bad moments during the day, I didn't pause. I went right to it. Um, pausing's always good before you uh, say anything. If, uh, if you're in a relationship, pause will always work. Pause and silence is always better than rushing right in. And it says, uh, we become more efficient. I don't tire so easily. Anybody get tired when they come in here? Anybody get tired if you're having a bad day? You're full of anger or fear. You just, it takes a lot. We do not tire so easily because I'm not burning up energy foolishly. It's foolish to burn up energy when I try to arrange life to suit myself. This goes back to the third step, remember? It says, I was under the delusion, delusions is not good, that I could rest, rest happiness and satisfaction out of life if I did what? Managed it well. It was a delusion. And it, it made foolish decisions. I was in a lot of danger of excitement. I was not efficient and I was tired. It says it works, it really does. It's a promise, it does work. And we'll speak to that. It says we alcoholics are undisciplined. So I want somebody to look up discipline on their dictionary. So we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. And then I heard this and it made sense. We want to be disciples of God in our life, in our actions. We want to be knowledge of God's will and we want to carry out his will. So we become disciples of God. And it says we discipline us in the simple way. And the simple way is the instructions on 84 to 88. And then it says, this is not all. There's action, more action. Faith without works is dead. Now that's from the book of James. In a lot of ways of looking at that, if you have faith and you're not doing the works, you're, the result is dead spiritually. You can have all the faith, but if you're not carrying through the works, then you don't have a living faith or a relationship with God. Or if you do the works, it produces more faith. And so there are a lot of ways of looking at that, that line. It's, it's scripture. It's very powerful. The next, and the book of James, if you study it, is really pages 84 to 88. It's really basically uh, the book of James is how you live, how you live a spiritual life and instructions in there. And they studied the book of James and they used that to write the big book. And they used the uh, book by Henry Drummond, Love is the Greatest Thing on uh, Corinthians. They used uh, some of the ideas in the Sermon of the Mount and they incorporated all that to look at the way we have our relationship with God. Remember the whole book it says is how we establish our relationship with God and we want the right relationship. He's God and I'm his, uh, I'm to be directed by him and it, what's the right relationship so we're going to open it up and uh, then next week I'm going to bring uh, two or three uh, very powerful things I found on the internet short one page things talking about how the people who founded AA with their spiritual advisors looked at the relationship between us and God in our prayer life and then that's, that's what's been incorporated in this book so 
Congratulations again to Scott and uh, 